You're listening to the WGU Alumni Podcast, a podcast all about noteworthy night owls. Join us each episode as we highlight WGU alumni and share ways to help you stay engaged. Here now is the WGU Alumni Podcast. All right, it's episode seven of the WGU Podcast. How's everybody doing? Jeff, you okay? I'm doing well. How are you, Sarah? You know what? I'm doing okay. We're a little bit of an odd situation today recording this episode. We're remote working uh, for several weeks now due to COVID-19. And so this has been a little bit interesting for our team to kind of regroup and move our operations to our homes as it is. So how's things going at your house? Yeah, no, things things are going well, but I totally agree. It's um, It's a little bit different. I mean, I think WG was in a perfect situation in that we're an online university. Uh, we on our alumni team obviously are supporting the alumni and engaging with them. And so uh, I think we continue on um, as usual. And uh, we've had some great successes and still been able to connect with several alumni. But yeah, I miss the team and I miss uh, being all together. And I hope that we sound okay. I think our producer, Bethany, is amazing. So hopefully the audio is okay that we're not in the booth and that we're coming to you remotely via our phones. Well, I have to say that I'm actually a, a little excited about the fact that we're doing this this way, because um, that means I don't have to be right up in your face when we're <laughs> recording this. So I'm glad that we have this opportunity to still come to our listeners and share with them updates that we have with our alumni and with commencements, which we've had to unfortunately cancel two so far due to COVID-19. And that's, it's just heartbreaking for us as it is for our graduates. You know, we get just as excited to come celebrate with our graduates. And so a little sad, you know, that we're not able to do that for these two commencements that we had in Charlotte and Anaheim. But our graduates are, they're super great people. And they are showing us online how they're celebrating with their friends and family as they can uh, during this time of COVID-19. So we appreciate the upbeat personalities that we've got and attitudes that we've got with our graduates and the fact that the celebrations haven't stopped. And we're excited about that. Check out our Facebook post on WGU and Facebook to see all of our grads celebrating. It's really, uh, it's lifting spirits for sure. Yeah, I totally agree. It's so great to see people celebrating with their families. And uh, just to reiterate, this is a temporary setback that I think our nation and our world is uh, experiencing. Right. And uh, so it's great that in the, in the meantime, we're able to celebrate this way. But we look forward to, as you said earlier, being back out on the road connecting and celebrating being in one room with all of our graduates so again appreciate people's understanding and their patience um, I mean like you said it's heartbreaking but uh, it'll be temporary and at some point will be it, it will make it I think even more meaningful to be in a room with fellow night owls celebrating so I look forward to that day Right. And that's, you know, it gives us something to look forward to for sure. And I think everybody's looking for those things right now. But speaking of being in a room together, you've got some kiddos and your wife and how's that going working at home? You know, it's going <laughs> okay. Uh, I don't have an office, so I'm just in a in the master bedroom. And we realized that maybe we should have insulated the walls a little bit better. I can hear my girls out as they're doing their homework. That I think would be the the biggest adjustment for our family and not just for our family, right? For for people across the country, as schools have been canceled, right um, now the learning is taking place in the home. And so that's been, it's been interesting. Uh, my wife is amazing and she's done a great job uh, helping the girls stay on task. But I'm kind of curious, maybe people can, um, you know, put this in the comments, but I'm curious how people are navigating that 
And I would also like to call out, we have a huge uh, alumni population from our teachers college. And so certainly a lot of our teachers are out of the classroom. So not only are they likely trying to help their own children learn and provide this online format for them, but they're also probably in many cases, right, still conducting class via the internet. I know. And it's a great time for us to be able to have the technology that we do have. And I've seen so many inspirational stories online about teachers coming to students' homes and with a whiteboard to show them how to do their math homework because they were getting stuck on some math problems. It's just the dedication of these folks. And of course, where would we be without our nurses and doctors and medical staff? We've got everyone from janitorial staff and grocery store clerks and the EMTs and, you know, all these folks that can't call in because of COVID. They have to keep going. And we applaud all of you. And it takes all of us to to make this happen. And, you know, we just really appreciate what these folks are doing. Of course, we have these outstanding alumni who are part of this on the front lines, serving in hospitals and with EMT services and teachers and all kinds of roles that are very critical right now. So we do Definitely appreciate and want to say thank you guys and be safe. Absolutely. Real American heroes. I love seeing all these folks stepping up to help each other right now. And one of the biggest ways that I've seen folks giving back is, you know, asking for donations to help their employees. And then you've got the music industry stepping up, providing concerts and fundraisers. And, you know, I've seen the Foo Fighters and Elton John with the iHeartRadio concert they were going to do. And I love seeing this kind of stuff. What are you seeing out there? It just shows what an interesting time that we are in, that everybody is as they should. We should all be sheltering in place. We should all be staying home, really following the guidance from the CDC and our local governments. But because of that, I feel like people are looking for something, right, Uh, some normalcy or something uh, from even their memories that can kind of help them uh, get through this time. And the the thing that I was going to mention is, I don't know if you saw last night, but Garth Brooks and Trisha Yearwood. Uh, They did a CBS special where they essentially were in their uh, home studio and they took requests. It was very interactive and they just they basically just just played for about an hour and they played their own songs. They did some covers and it just it was really, really cool. And I've seen a lot of comments on Garth and Trisha, just how that's really what America needed at this time to kind of, again, get get their mind off of what we're going through and kind of return Mm -hmm. to happier times. And speaking of musicians, we've got a great musician on the show today. We've got Angie Kilhauer, who's one of WGU's own. Yes, she is. She graduated about a year ago, and she is doing amazing things out in the music industry. I had an opportunity recently to catch up with her. I haven't talked to her in in about a year. She's doing some amazing things, and so I'm excited for the rest of our audience to learn a little bit more about Angie. She's got a great sound, and I would encourage you to to check out her music. All right, well, I'm going to go download some of her music. All right, sounds good. I'm excited about our next interview. Two years into her first attempt at a college degree, Angie Kilhauer gave up her scholarship to become a full-time singer-songwriter. Her parents, sacrificing immigrants from El Salvador, felt far from ecstatic after hearing that Angie was dropping out. But college simply just didn't make sense to her. She wanted to go on tour, not attend Monday morning lectures. During her first tour, Angie realized she needed to learn the tools necessary to run a successful business in music. This is when she learned about WGU from her mom, who graduated from WGU at the age of 60. Though memorizing legal jargon felt incredibly out of place as she simultaneously prepared for NBC's The Voice, 
It was her courses at WGU that gave her the confidence to read through her entire show contract and later create a budget to record an album and marketing plan. Angie earned her bachelor's degree in marketing management from WGU in 2019 and recently released her latest single, Real Talk. Angie, it's so great to have you on our podcast today. Thanks for making time. Yeah, I'm excited to be here. How have you been? I've been really good. Uh, we just released a brand new song and it's uh, doing really well. So it's pretty good times here in Nashville. That's great to hear. I just got to say, I love your music. You have such a great voice and sound. And I look forward to hearing about your music successes and travels in a moment. But first, let's catch up. And uh, I wanted to talk about your family. Uh, as I mentioned, you were referred to WGU by your mom. Is that right? That's right. Yeah, she's um, doing really well. She's an elementary school bookkeeper in uh, in Georgia. That's great. What did she tell you about WGU? Why did you decide to enroll here? I think the biggest thing was I liked that it was one class at a time, which let me like hyper focus on something and get it done um, instead of trying to do like seven subjects at the same time while you know touring full time. So I think I was surprised at that structure. I'd never seen that before. And then I also just liked that if I had two weeks where it was just nonstop on the road and I just couldn't open my computer, then I could take a break. And then if I had like, you know, four days off, I could just sit down and bunker down and, and get a lot more done. So I liked that it was kind of on your time and I could schedule it and I didn't have to feel really guilty if there was like a string of days in a row where I just, I couldn't get to it. So I think, I don't yeah. think there's any other way I could have finished my degree. Nice. It sounds like the format worked out very well for you. Now, I want to share a quick factoid for our listeners. There's only been one person in the history of WGU who has both sung the national anthem and delivered a commencement speech at one of our commencements. And I have that great privilege of speaking with her today. Angie, that was about a year ago that you were speaking and singing at our commencement ceremony in Cincinnati, I believe. What do you remember most about that experience? I remember my family being there and, and my mom being so excited, especially. And it was cool to look out into the you know group of graduates and realize how diverse we were. So many soldiers, so many different ages, so many uh, amazing human beings that we had that one thing in common. And I felt I felt very honored to be in that room with everyone. That's so great. You did such an amazing job. Uh, now, next, I'd like to jump in and talk showbiz now, if we can. First, let, let's talk about NBC's The Voice. What was something that might surprise our listeners about your experience on the show? Maybe something that the viewers don't see or think about when you're filming? Uh, I guess that the audition process is about a year long. It takes a very long time before we're actually in front of the judges, and we can really get cut at any time uh, while still taking off work and flying to go audition. So when you finally see people on stage, it's a very emotional moment because we've been working towards that for a year. And this is the last time when we actually find out if we actually even, you know, get to appear on the show. Um, so there's a lot of weight to that moment, uh, even more than you'd expect. And then just the best part of it, we, there's truly no competition between us. Like when you're together with people for that long and, and we're all artists, in truth, we're all just hanging out with each other, you know, at night and we're piling into hotel rooms together and we're just like harmonizing and singing songs and writing songs. And it really just feels like band camp. I mean, I've never done band camp, but it really just feels like everybody's just coming together and playing music and singing music. And there's just truly no competition. And we're very, as, as much as we want to progress in the show, we're also rooting for each other 
And um, I think that's really unique and special about the show. And so what, what does a typical day look like when you're filming? Uh, you we would usually get like our schedules like the day before um, on what would what would happen and then and usually it involves something like if we had a uh, interview or like anything on camera we it would usually start with hair and makeup so like say like 7 a.m. hair and makeup but then it was since they had to get through all the contestants we would literally be waiting for you know up to eight hours just in a room waiting for them to be ready for us and then it's, you know we finally get our you know place to go into our interview and we'll talk so. It, there was a lot of hurry up and wait. Anyone in, in Hollywood kind of uses that phrase pretty freely just because if you're the talent in any situation where there's filming, uh, for the most part, your job is to like sit tight and let everybody do their jobs until until they're ready for you. But yeah, it's it, like I said, the best part of the show is the friends I've made. You know, if I had done that isolated, it would not have been as fun. And we were all in the same situation. We were just as nervous and anxious and we were just as excited together going through that. And uh, it just reminds me that when I play a show for people, as much as I love the applause and the attention, the truth, the magic of that moment is truly the moments people are creating together in the audience. You know, those those moments that strengthen a bond to where, you know, they can call each other later when they need each other because they have that strength of experience of, of a moment and a memory created together. And And so on that topic of connecting with people, who was the coolest person that you worked with on the show? And remind me, you were on Team Blake, is that right? Yes, I was on Team Blake. I had a few advisors like Gwen Stefani and um, and Miley Cyrus. I actually really, really liked working with Miley. I know that she kind of seems pretty out there, maybe on, on face level, kind of just knowing her as a celebrity. But like when I met her, she was so down to earth and she was so passionate and she was so genuinely interested to listen to what I was thinking for a song. And she just seemed very committed to helping us be the best artists we could be and I was just really impressed with uh with her dedication to to wanting that for not just for me but for everyone if you ask anyone on the show they probably tell you the same thing that that got to meet her Angie what was the greatest thing you learned during your experience on The Voice greatest thing I learned was probably that the most important thing we can give each other is our time the successes that we base a lot of our life on aren't as important as the memories we create on the search to them. My favorite part of the show wasn't the moments where I found out I was getting through to the next round. It was the moments that like, I talked and stayed up till three in the morning staying with somebody that has become a good friend. Share with us what you've been up to lately in your music career. Well, I just released a brand new single with a uh, management company that's co-owned by, by Jake Owen, the country artist. His manager is my manager. So I ended up moving to Nashville. So I got to be on some pretty big tours with some, some bigger artists like Tanya Tucker and Trace Atkins and, uh, and obviously Jake Owen. You know, during this time period, they were, they were looking for songs for me as well as I was writing a ton. And finally, uh, we decided on a song called Real Talk. And I recorded it with Jesse Frazier, who's absolutely amazing. He does all of Thomas Rhett's music. Yeah, we went in and recorded the song, and I just was so excited about it. And usually when you record a song in Nashville, it takes like a year, maybe a year and a half before you're ready to release it, just because it takes so much planning. This song, we ended up getting so much attention on it, and Series 6 on the Highway is one of the biggest country music stations. And they were like, we'd really like to put this in heavy rotation and, and put it as a highway find, which is like usually signed artists get that slot. Um, and I'm currently, I'm not signed to a label we got it all ready and done and put it out. And I mean, it's been out for two weeks and it's already hit 150,000 streams. So it's, 
doing wow. significantly well. So we're we're really excited. We're probably gonna uh, send it to terrestrial radio. So it's a lot of really good news, even though it's you know kind of a tumultuous time. Congrats on the success. That's so awesome. Thank you very much, Angie. I wanted to ask you. Who inspires you in the music industry? Who do you listen to? Man, I love I love Melissa Etheridge like so much. I got to open for her at a beautiful venue here in Nashville called the Ryman, uh, which is also called the Mother Church. That's how much we love that building. And I I would say a lot of times I don't get to meet the artists that I'm opening for because usually they stay on their bus until it's time for them to come out uh, or they have a lot of stuff to do for whatever reason. And I remember when I found out that I was opening for her, I was like, man, I hope I get to meet her because she's always been one of my favorites. And she like came and found me after soundcheck with her wife just to say hi and thanks for opening. And I just thought that was so classy and so kind. And then my job as an opener is really just one thing and it's don't go over my time slot. And my, um, yeah, my watch was a, like a, a few minutes late. And the, you know, people at the Ryman were getting really mad at my manager that was there. And they were like, what is she doing? Like, why is she going over? And I went over, I think, about, like, exactly three minutes. And I get off stage, and I hear this story, and it's so cool. And it's like, you know, my manager's getting yelled at, and she walks out of her dressing room, and she goes, she can play as long as she wants, and just walks back in. And, of course, you know, then the, the Ryman can't really say anything. It is just a really cool moment where she could have, that could have, and she didn't know if I was going to keep playing for 20 minutes or three you know but I yeah. thought that was really cool she could have just stayed in her dressing room and, and been worried about the millions of problems that probably she has to worry about you know but she just took a second and made sure that I was good even though I technically was going you know over my time it was just a really cool moment it made me realize like there's a certain way you can wield the uh the power of influence for that from a career like hers and I hope that mm -hmm. one day if I get to that level, I, I remember that and I and I pay that forward. And it kind of inspires me, gives me an extra push to want to get there. What a great story. What would you say is the coolest part about being out on the road? I think one of my favorite moments on the road was with Jake Owen. It was one of the first times I was playing a stadium. I had been playing Despacito, like in the back, because I'm, I'm from El Salvador, so I speak Spanish, and that song had just kind of come out and I was just obsessed with it and I was learning how to play on guitar and I was having fun later on in the night he was like this is in Bowling Green Kentucky he was on stage and I'm watching him side stage I've already opened so I'm just relaxing and he was like hey Andy come out on stage and you know I you know the his guitar tech hands me a guitar and I walk out there and he was like play that Spanish one and I was like, in Bowling Green, Kentucky, you want me to play a Spanish song for all these people? And I played this Asito, and I don't know if like everybody's drinking or what, but I swear they were all singing along, and it was so happy. And it made me realize that, like, you know, and, and it's one of the reasons why I included Spanish in some of my country music from that moment. And it's because I think that in our heads, we think that things are diff more different than they are. And the truth is, like, the things that we share are so much more powerful than the things we think that divide us. And since I speak fluent Spanish, why not try to combine those those people or make someone feel more invited into country music that may not have felt that way before? And it was just, it was a really cool moment of making me realize, like, you can be a country music fan and still enjoy something as different as Latin music. And I think that's pretty cool. Like, you know, I, I literally remember him asking me to do that and thinking that'll never work. And then I was surprised. And it made me feel like the world is maybe a lot smaller than I thought it was. Well said.
Now, I want to talk about your WGU degree for a minute. I understand you were looking to learn about marketing and business principles. How has the degree helped you in your career? I think the biggest part is understanding how to, like accounting is big. You know, with what I do now, I have a business manager, which is great. But for a really long time, I, like, I need to be able to read those reports as much as I need to be able to write them. And so I think, you know, understanding that all the money that's spent on me is going to be recouped, which basically means that like when the money comes back in, that money, that those expenses come back out. They're knowing the difference between like a gross and a net income, like things like that are huge players in me understanding my business and making good, a good investment decisions in terms of, okay, am I ready to record this? If I record this, how much do I need to put into a marketing budget? Or like if I am creating a marketing budget, compare it to the one that I used last time and say like, well, maybe I need to increase the amount of, you know, ads on this platform versus trying to get a slot on this magazine or which one actually translated to a return on investment. So there's a lot of things that I was able to understand. And then now that I've grown as an artist and I have people that do those things for me, I can listen to what they have to say and then help them in a better way because I can understand like, Hey, like why they're making the decisions they're doing. And I can give them the thumbs up very quickly because I understand the place they're coming from. So I I think that degree really kind of set up my foundation of understanding how to make decisions that are, that are outside of music that affect whether or not people will end up hearing my music. It's great to catch up with you. We look forward to watching you and where your career takes you. For those listening, again, go check out Angie's music. Angie, thanks again for sharing a bit of your time. Thank you so much for inviting me to come talk, and I'm very proud to be a night owl. Thanks for listening to the WGU Alumni Podcast. To learn more about WGU Alumni and commencement, visit wgu.edu alumni. To learn more about anything you heard on the podcast today, visit wgu.edu slash podcast. This podcast was produced by the WGU Alumni Relations Department. Special thanks to producer Bethany Tucker from the WGU Production Studio. And thank you to our alumni network, now more than 170,000 strong.